Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, Billy, uh, in all his glory. I am joined this week by the merchandise, the current W3L heavyweight champion at time of recording, although if COVID continues, we'll be champion forevermore. Mike Musso himself. How you doing? Yeah, I thought if I knew you were you were going with that introduction, I'd have put the belt in the in the background. It's uh, it's in the fridge or something, I think. But um, yeah, thanks very much for having me on, Billy. That's where that's where belts stay, though, isn't it? I mean, mine are, mine are behind <laughs> me, but I never earned any of them. I just won them off eBay. Um, so yeah, so uh, this is kind of a, a impromptu pod, podcast. Um, you, you put out the call, you want to speak about W3L, which we will. We'll definitely speak about that. But uh, as someone who's been around for quite a while, was I've got I've got your debut down here, according to Cage. Too Match. long, somebody some would say. Yeah, I've got your cage match profile saying 2005 was your debut. Is that that be right? No, yeah, no, I, was I think that was wrong. I think um, is that the German website? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they've got me mixed with somebody else, and they've literally combined our two career profiles. Um, but I had my first match in 2001. 2001. Yeah, they, they, they have a lot of that. I've seen, um, I think it's Blue Thunder up in WrestleZone. He is also the Bulgarian baker. He could be. I don't know. I mean, he could be the Bulgarian <laughs> baker, for all I've I know. Never see, uh, I've never seen out his mask, so... Yeah. Um, never seen them in the same place uh, at the same time, so who knows. Right, so 2001 then. So that was 19 years ago. Uh, don't want to make you feel old there. Uh, 19 years ago. How did you get your start? We'll start right back to the beginning. How did you get into pro wrestling? Um, it was very different 19 years ago than it was, than it, than it is now completely different. In some ways better and in some ways, in some ways I personally think worse. Um, but it's it's like everything, I suppose. There's, um, there's plus points and, and, and minus points. Um, there wasn't any training schools 19 years ago. Um, as well as that, you know, I had my first match 19 years ago, but that that doesn't mean to say I've got 19 full years of experience. There wasn't the same sort of training process as there is now. See, I started out by literally turning up to events and asking, I want to wrestle, I want to be trained, how can I do this? And it was a, a Brian Dixon show at the Edinburgh Playhouse. And Brian said, if I um, stay and help with the ring, then he'll get one of the, the boys to train me. And Judel John Brown, a referee um, wrestler from um, the sort of world of sport era, was uh, was in the ring training another another guy quite, quite a bit older than me. I think the guy was in his 30s and he was being trained. And me and my friend Ian, who who went on to wrestle with Spike Anderson and, and still wrestles in, in uh, Canada now, um, we helped set up and then we got in the ring and started training. And that was in February. And in May, we were in a tag team match. Um, you, you were thrown in there and you learned on the job. When I say that, it, I think that kind of makes me sound older than <laughs> older than I am, um, because the the business in the early two thousands was not a sort of regular kind of gig that it might have been when when ITV's or original World of Sport days when the, the the guys were wrestling 
you know, nine times a week, twice on Sunday sort of thing in sold out town halls all around the country. Um, but the, the sort of the bones of that system was still was still there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's how I started out. Certainly a bit different again from your cage match profile. It says you're trained by Dan the Beast Severn. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did do a training seminar with Dan the Beast Severn. Um, so yeah, um, if if anything, that's how I started out training, and then I met um, Jake the Saint Roberts at the Caird Hall. Um, he was setting up a training school down in Aldershot. Um, we went down there and started training with him as well as going to the, this this is the this is the thing now you get emails saying where's where's the training school oh that's too far away from me because it's you know like you have to take two buses or something like that with um the, there's two jakes just to confuse matters um that time that i met brian the first time is actually the last time i've ever had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him um uh, Brian stopped touring up in Scotland and uh, a promoter called Jake Hawkins, who wrestled as Colondike Jake, um, took over a lot of those venues. And what he would do is um, they, they would come up here for like 14 days and me as a 15-year-old boy wanting to learn and that I'd been invited along and it was a lot of the same crew. So I, I managed to keep this sort of arrangement that if I came on, helped set up, I'd get a bit of training and, and ended up in that match. So that match wasn't for all-star that was for a company called midlands wrestling promotions which was which was run by colin dyke jake um so that's jake one jake two was working was the more famous uh, from from sort of american wrestling jake the saint roberts um he was on one of the shows and me and ian were tasked with yeah, seeing him in the building checking he was all right basically being his, his running boys for the night and we we went down there. I'm I've had a long day, Billy. What <laughs> was the question? Who Dan Severn training? Yes. So no, Jake Jake Roberts was the first person that was like a regular trainer, um, and for that we had to go down to London. So every two weeks we would get an overnight coach from Dunfermline or Edinburgh down to London, and then get the the train from London to St Albans. We used to sleep at the in, in in the ring um on a on the saturday night and we'd wake up the next morning everybody would come back for the next day of, of training eventually jake let us stay at the, the house that he was he was staying at and then i spent a bit of time in canada training um after that um so yeah I've, i had quite a bit of different different sort of mix and match of training experiences and when i came back from canada i was still training and learned from a lot of um i, I seeked out a lot of sort of veteran um, British wrestlers to, to learn from and work with and you, know, you, you never stop learning in, in wrestling but that was a much different path to people that that uh, started a, a training school now and will we'll kind of see that through and keep training until they're, they're ready to debut it was just a different system Yeah it's, it's definitely nowadays it's more like you've got, you got your pick of schools and every, every school is pretty much within I don't know, uh, two, three hours of travel, I would say, just about. Um, even even up as far as me, which is Elgin. Um, I've probably got school about an hour and a half one way, three hours of a train the other way. Because um, I've got an upcoming one, which will already be out by the time that 
um, this podcast goes out with uh, Bradley Poole, who lives in Elgin and he trains uh, down in Airdrie. So he's got a three-hour car journey every Sunday, or had, of course, because there's no no training on really uh, at the moment. But yeah, so it, it's definitely a it's a more streamlined system nowadays. Um, uh, definitely by the sounds of it, uh, you can kinda... system conveyor belt, whichever whichever term you want, <laughs> whichever term you want to use. Um, so it's a different pers- world. So again, according to my research, which is called poorly so far, but um, W3L uh, began in 2003. So were you the original founder for W3L? Yes. Or was it? So you went yes, from. Yes, that, that's correct. So you went from straight in 2001 to promoting your own shows in 2003. So what made you decide to, to start your own promotion? Well, it was it was one show. Um, and I, I was obviously a young boy with very little experience, but having these sort of amazing kind of life opportunities and was far too big for my boots at the at the time. But I got it in my head that before I went before I went to Canada, I think I moved to Canada in the October of that year. And before I moved, I wanted to wrestle in my hometown. I'd missed that opportunity because of a family holiday. Um, my parents had booked us to. On a family, this would have probably been 2001 or two, 2002, more, more likely. Um, had booked a family holiday to Turkey, and I wanted to stay at home and not go to it because I was going to miss the wrestling tour. And they were going to be in Dalgetty Bay, which was where I, where I grew up. Um, and I, I didn't want to go on the holiday, but I was 16 or whatever at the time, and I was, I was made, made to go. I'd have much preferred to, to wrestle. Because um, those tours only happen three or four times a year. So I think I kind of had it in my head that I wanted to run this show locally um, before I went. I don't think there was a sort of idea that it would take over my life the way it, the way it has now. Also, it was it was totally different. It was the, this idea of running a promotion more from a fan's perspective, like it, like as an indie promotion rather than live professional wrestling, um, a more generic kind of style that was being promoted at the time. There was a lot of tribute shows going on, which did phenomenal business. Like people kind of mocked them at the, like at the time, yet they were drawing like 500 people. Um, There was clearly a a market for that there. it's kind of, it's kind of ironic that I thought that that, that that those sort of shows that I was involved with were sort of uncool in some way because they featured like people pretending to be Kane or the Undertaker or what have you, and um, these were experienced guys. They knew what they were doing and they were doing that to make money because it was working. It was what the people wanted, um, and it's it's kind of ironic that me wanting to run a show and run it as like a not a American style wrestling comes to, but I wanted to run it as this is W3L, we're our own thing, our own brand. Um, and then over time, W3L's become out of all the promotions probably the most. Um, I wasn't gonna, I don't want to put us down and use the term generic, but from an advertising point of view, we're probably the most focused on a, on american wrestling come and see you know <laughs> uh, come and see the, the the show and not getting too too bogged down in promotion xyz selling on wrestling the wrestling experience rather than than getting into the weeds with trying to be our own brand and our own 
you know, our own things that people won't necessarily understand because we're not on television every week. Um, so, so from that timeline, then you started. You you ran that show when you were eighteen. Seventeen, I think. Seventeen. So that that's quite undertaken for anyone, especially. I had no someone. business running it. It was yeah. just something that I wanted to do before. And and when I came back from Canada, everything had stopped. Those tours that I I started out and weren't happening anymore. There was no wrestling in the east of Scotland that I was aware of. I then found out about the group in Dundee that were running. Um, but there was certainly nothing in, in my area of of Scotland. Um, so that's, yeah, there was Glasgow and there was us. Uh, sometimes it still kind of feels like that. At times you've got your central belt and then you've got kind of companies dotted about the rest of the country. Um so yeah, so 2003. So that's 17 years um, of just shows after shows. Um, you do your tours, of course. Um, of course, which is how I've I've watched WCL. Um, so that 17 years. What, what highlights? I mean, that's a huge, big, vague question. But have you had any any particular highlights? Uh, either as, as your in your own ring career or uh, just for milestones that the company reached. Um, from a W3L point of view, um, I'm very proud of what we've got, especially when we step back and look at it. And I know I'm going to talk about the, the video archive and some of the things that we're, we're doing with that um, later on while we continue talking. But the, you know, the guys that have come from W3L, um, your Nathan Reynolds, your Ewan Mackey, you know, some of which you've had on your, your podcast recently, Billy, you were, you were telling me. Um, I'm very proud that everybody that's that's had involvement from us, and not all of them started out, but the ones that have really spent time with with me, and I've kind of helped with them uh, from a you know find who they are in wrestling and 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 f- find what they're best at. Everybody's got their own personality that's come from us. Um, everybody does something completely different and adds something completely different to a W3L show. Not all are still currently wrestling. Um, you know, guys like El Technico, even um, Danny Boy Rogers, they're both very talented. You'd almost think that they were the, the same person. Um, uh, Nathan, you know, has said Kevin Williams, um, Taylor Bryden, um, they're really like they're all so unique and I'm proud of I'm proud of all of them Luke Aldridge um so many different characters and personalities so that's something I'm very proud of um I'm proud of the amount the sheer amount of events we've managed to to produce um, somewhere over 250 events um at the at the last count um the uh obviously the the sort of bigger halls you've got your favorite kind of halls like in in Musselburgh and Glenrothes um it's always nice the tours um I've worked very hard to find out how to promote how to let people know at a street level that we're coming to town and how to how to bring the families in and and how to keep them coming back and with that skill I've been able to travel whether it's up north to, to your neck of the woods or down south, we've run, you know, we've had we've sold hundreds of tickets to venues in England. Um, you know, I've, I'm I'm proud of what we've done as a as a team. Personally, obviously, I've got favourite moments with guys that I've wrestled, experienced guys, 
Um, you know, stepping in like in more recent years with guys like Joey Legend, um, who who is a phenomenal performer, um, veteran performers such as Blondie Barrett, who's pretty much the first person that ever helped me help me out in in wrestling and and sort of took the time to really really kind of sit beside me and and help me and to wrestle him at various points in my career to the point now where the man's 60 odd and still and 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 still going um you know it's always it's always nice he's kind of been the one constant um your other veteran guys like ricky knight and um and johnny kidd um getting to to work with so many different people my experience with wwe um there's there's loads of kind of milestone moments that I've been lucky enough to to experience, and then that's 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 not even to to go into all this kind of fun times, sort of away from the ring in the kind of kind of social environment that occasionally I'll I'll dip into, but more so if if we're on a, a tour or whatnot, and I'm I've got no choice but to to let my hair down and enjoy myself instead of go home and continue working on the, the next project that we've got underway. But yeah, it's it's been an adventure. So you, you brought up WWE, not something I'm, I'm not aware of. Um, so is this a, a tryout? Did you have a tryout to, at some yeah, point? Yeah, uh, uh, three days. Um, and uh, obviously it was, uh, you know, it was a good learning experience. I was I was led to believe that there was a potential to, to have more um, opportunities following that, nothing's come of it. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. There's maybe the maybe the the, the doors open ajar. I don't I don't know. Um, obviously, I'd love to do more with them, but just having got there and had that experience is something for the amount of people that for the amount of people that set out to do what what we do um, to get to that stage is pretty special in itself. Um, but yeah. So did you find that three days helped with like how because you've got the action academy as well w3l action academy um so did you find though that time at that tryout that helped um you teach others as well as obviously uh, yeah lots of stuff? lots of um drills and stuff is is the kind of things that they were doing at the time but also little technique things um you know get getting to learn from um guys like jerry briscoe um, just little, little tiny things that you would you would maybe never never think about um, as a as a fan or even as a as a wrestler until somebody with so much coaching experience points it points it out. Um, yeah, I've had I've had loads of opportunities when I look back at it. There's always that frustration of not sitting here with a with with national television exp- or international television exposure like some people have and um and a, a a, a nice big fat contract, you know. But when you look back on it and think how far you have come, I've got to, um, I've got to be proud and think I'm lucky to to have done what I've done. Well, we, we, you have had TV exposure. Um, well, I haven't written it down, but it's popped into my head when we were speaking. Uh, of course, you and uh, the very good Mr. Yunji Maki appeared on Judge Rinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how Judge Rinder works. So I mean, I'm assuming it, it's. You say it works. Wait, I didn't say work. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't think it's a hundred percent legit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that was a, a definitely. A, I mean, you're not the only wrestling company, even in Scotland, that have have, have used, have been on Judd Rinder and, and had their their 
hopefully their squabble's settled. Um, do you, but, do you yeah. not just Judge Rinder, there's been a few documentaries that we've been involved with. You'll see the logos on the posters because, you know, our brand name's been on it. So so it's as seen on, you know, we've been featured on these documentaries or programmes on these various different channels. But Judge Rinder, what I will say is um, in terms of legitimacy, they needed to check that that case was legitimate. Um, and there was legitimately a complaint. Um, there was legitimately action that I had to take. Um, and then four years later, I decided that we should take it to court, as you, you do. Um, but they're, they're, um, you know, they did have a stringent process to make sure that somebody can't sit there and say that's that's not real because they've got the documents to back it up that, that it is. So... Like everything, the lines are are blurred um, sometimes, but we uh, we went all around the country after that, and the local newspapers had um, on their you know their front page often judge render courtroom battle ends in wrestling ring. It was me versus you, and and considering the the point of wrestling is to sell tickets and give people a reason to have their bum in a seat. I'm pleased with us doing that. I know it got criticised in some circles, but everything does. Um, to me, it was job job done. So, well, I was I was bringing up because it was to your point of of uh, advertising. How you advertising? Pretty much, you're quite hands on. Um, even even doing the postering. I think your your last W3L tour um, up up north, up in Elgin. I actually saw you doing the postering. Uh, yourself. Um, I didn't interrupt you because I thought I'm going to just go up and go, hi Mike. <laughs> What's happening? I just said uh, but uh, but yeah, so I, I actually saw you literally doing the posters yourself. So it's 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 very much a, a hands-on experience you have. You're not just, just sending folk willy-nilly just going, right, you're going up to uh, I was going to say Strathpeffer, but that's, that's not where you run. Um, Where's it further in Elgin? Dingwall, Dingwall. Um, yeah. That you go up to Dingwall and go right. Two trainees up to Dingwall. You go. It's yourself that you're you're the face of the company. The um, best way to do it, I find, is to have somebody in the car with me, or ideally, if three people can come, then that's that's the best because you can have two people on one side and two people on another side. The worst is three because you end up uneven. You end up with like a full street done and one person's only halfway done another street. But I do like to be hands-on. Um, I, I like to be there and that's probably an OCD thing. But also because I, I, if you think about it, I said earlier we've done 250 live events. Now, say on average I've spent even two days. A lot of the times it's more than that. I've spent, say, two days out there on the field promoting each event. That means I've spent over a full year of my life putting up posters, which is um, both depressing and impressive in equal, in equal measures. Um, so believe it or not, there is actually techniques. You know, I know I look at a town and I know the best ways of getting it done, the places we want to prioritise. It's a, a skill. I've turned postering into an art form. Um, so, so t speaking of of like the family friendly, the, I think you are, in my, in my opinion, anyway, of, of the shows that I've watched and seen, you're probably one of a very small handful of, of companies that are just family entertainment. Um, you, can, you can 
basically take anyone, take your take kids, take anyone, and they're going to enjoy the show, or at least find something to enjoy, whether it's a, a character or um, a moment, a match, or, or thankfully you've stopped in inflatable hammers, because um, I hated the inflatable hammers so much, but they, they were perfect for what they needed to do, which was to... to they're still there. They still maybe there. just weren't selling them last time. I think you stopped selling them in Elgin. I don't know whether I've just somehow just blocked them out of my memory, but yeah, just... Mm -hmm. You I think it's because have. the kids. I think he might have stopped in Elgin mainly because all the kids in Elgin kept using the claw side, and <laughs> I kept seeing them doing it. I'm thinking, oh god, this is awful to watch. <laughs> Funny, but awful to watch because that just looks horrible. Dick, um, have you actually ever seen the hammer match? Have we ever done one of them in Elgin? Uh, I haven't seen a hammer match, but I was watching the two, the the one when you came up 2012, the first one I saw. And it was uh, Taylor Bryden and CJ Hunter, which was a match I forgot, but when I rewatched it, it was incredible. Um, and it was pretty much Hunter put Bryden out of the ring right at the start, and you, all you could see was hammers. And he was just well, leathered with it. We cottoned on to this, um, and um, I thought, well, the kids are all doing this. Let's, let's make a, a thing of it. So it's kind of like a lumberjack match. And the... One of one of the villains will, will come out and be interacting with the the crowd, and they'll they'll grab a one of the kids' hammers, and they'll burst the hammer, and I'll come out and um, I'll say, "How dare you do that? Let's make sure this kid gets a, a new hammer." I'm challenging you to a match later on tonight, and I tell you what: every time you get thrown out this ring, all these kids can hit you with those hammers as many times as you times as you like. And as soon as we've set that match up, there's a massive line at that sales table for people buying hammers. <laughs> so if the if the crowd is low, and because at the end of the day, if we lose money, we can't come back because we'd be out of business. Um, so that's that's been a trick. We've not had to employ it for a while, but if, if times are tough, then we'll be like, oh, look at the crowd. There's not many out there. Are we going to need to do the hammer match tonight? Make some extra... I think sales but the kids love it. I was going to say, I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just my age showing that we just going. Oh, I hate these hammers. But last time oh, I went, annoying. yeah, last time I came, it was I, I took. Um, it's, it's becoming a family affair these shows because uh, my my cousins uh, live in Elgin as well, and my, my dad will just go right. I'll take the kids because he he loves Yunji Maki. He's his favourite, so uh, he'll he'll come to see Yun and he'll take take my little uh, boy calls Yun the duck wrestler. The mask. Oh right, okay. I was wondering. I thought it was like a, like a stance <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah. So and, and the first thing that my cousins want, they're like they're like five and eleven, something like that. Was like, oh, what about hammer? I was like, yep, that's. I get it. I get it. I just just don't like it. So it's just a. Uh, it makes sense. Um, speaking of the tours up up here, there's always one character that, that I enjoy, and unfortunately, I think last time I saw him, you were putting him through a table, and that was the Bulgarian baker. So, what's it like getting? Was that last time? So I think it was last time. It might have been. No, it wasn't. It was you and, and the baker last time. Uh, it was you and it was you versus Chris uh, Craig Stevens last time. Um, time before that, you put him through a table, and. What's it? I mean, you speak you speak about about making money and using the hammers, what have you? But you've got to pay for that flight to, from Bulgaria 
once a year. Well, that's, so. that's what we save the hammer m- m- money up for, and um, that that actually pays for the baker's um, the baker's flights. Oh, now, now I'm stuck in a in a hard place. Then I love the baker, hate the hammers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so same. This is why we're actually speaking. Seventeen years. Uh, you've got this this big. Um, got two hundred and fifty shows. I'm assuming the majority of them recorded in some way because they're used in wrestling showdown uh, on the W3L network. Um, so what is what made you decide to start pulling that archive and put it on to a, a streaming service, uh, the W3L box office? Well, we, we've got hours and hours of footage and there's literally so much on there, the people that have passed through. Like, let's just talk about some of the sort of bigger stars um, we've got Paige back when she was, I think, 15, 16 as Brittany Knight. Um, we have got, um, obviously, Drew Galloway. Um, moving on from from there, uh, you know, you've got your, uh, like, Finn Balor, uh, um, Clash of the Titans. Um, you've got... Uh, Demo, Damien O'Connor, I, I always forget what he... Uh, Killian Day. Yes. Um, former W3L champion. Um, you know, a lot of the, the NXT UK guys um, are, are in our, our video archive. Um, you've got your Colt Cabanas, your Joe Legends. Um, you've got your British wrestling veterans. I've probably missed out some of the sort of ones connected to American wrestling. There must be... There we go. Yep, yep. I was just we were looking at doing the little promo video for it, and they were all featured in that. So I should have, I should have remembered Nikki. Um, but uh, yeah, she seems to be doing really well now, which is is great to see. Um, you've got Nikki Cross as well, um, and uh, then you've got your British wrestling veterans. Your everybody from Drew McDonald. Um, to uh, Ricky Knight, your Blondie Barrett, your uh, Johnny Kidd. I must be missing missing people. There must be others others in there. Um, Soraya Knight. Um, the Johnny Saint wrestler. I may, may think of somewhere else. Johnny Saint. No, we didn't have Johnny Saint. Um, I believe he um, he, he was maybe for from. Um, he maybe wrestled a match for one of the promotions you've said that we we shouldn't discuss. Right. So, okay. I don't. Yeah. I think that narrows think it down a, a little bit. I don't think it was on my list, but I'm thinking I know which one it is. So that's fine. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I know which one it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's so much on it. So whilst we do, yeah, we focus on family entertainment and looking through the archive, you can kind of see us change to that. We used to actually be really storyline-based. I thought I was booking, like, weekly television out of <laughs> these social clubs. And um, even when we further on to that, when I started to get my, my sort of bearings of right, what works, what doesn't, I kind of really had to detach myself from being a, a, a fan because I realised that most of our fans were kids and parents um, and we sort of started morphing into more of a here's a night of the wrestling and we try and tie it all together via wrestling showdown so there is stories there is there there is characters that 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 are obviously reoccurring um rivalries um but they're much more looser so they're easy so anybody can come off the street and sit down 
and watch a W3L show um, and enjoy it and not have to have followed it to enjoy it. But by the same token, if you are a wrestling fan, there's going to be people on there that you're maybe familiar with different styles, like wrestling's a variety show, so we will have some, you know, high-flying guys, you've got some big power guys, um, various different styles thrown in on on there. So for the just because we brand ourselves as a family wrestling promotion, um, because that's, to be honest, just the sensible thing to do if you want to be a touring group, that the, the niche group, the niche audience, I just don't think there's any more room in the market for that. There's some people that have that niche audience and that they do very, very well at it. Um, but I, I don't think everybody can try and get that that niche audience. Um, you have to broaden your horizons a, a little bit, in my in my opinion. Um, but yeah, there's something for everybody on those archives. We've got um, I've got two big hard drives with lots of digital content in it, and obviously there was the time that. Uh, that you would use like mini DV cameras and um, before it just went straight onto a memory card. Um, you put these little tapes in the camera and record it. And that's why just purely because I've been doing a lot of work with this recently. So it's sitting beside my desk here. This big folder um, contains just pages and pages of W3L archive footage that I'm slowly uh putting in and converting into to digital files. Um, we've got Showdown, which we've been forced to, we, we wanted to keep that going. We didn't want to let COVID kind of break us and for everything to grind to a halt. So we've started delving into that archive and doing Showdown Rewind, um, which is giving people a chance to look back in time at how people started out and seeing some of these these different wrestlers that we've had over Which the course of time. I really enjoyed because like like I say it, it showed the, the, one of the more recent ones was five weeks of my first WDL show. Uh the first one I went to in, in the Elgood Town Hall. So it was it was really a cool way to go, my God, I can actually watch this whole show again and see yeah. it from a different angle, maybe see it from a bit more experienced eyes now because it's been it's been eight years. Well that's what we started off with. We started putting the whole shows up. But then, to be honest, I'll say why one there was two driving forces behind that. We were eliminating whole shows from our archive that could be used from other things. If you use the whole show, that show's out there now. It's on YouTube. Um, but the other thing, I was finding it difficult to find full shows that didn't involve people that were involved in some of the, the, the negative things that we've had to face as a, a wrestling industry this year. Um, because that's been, um, there's been so many people connected to that and we have to obviously figure out who's involved in what and, and how to move forward with all of that. And putting everybody on YouTube at the moment probably isn't the, the best of the best of ideas. So that was kind of becoming a task. And also you don't want to promote people um, he sometimes don't want to promote people that are no longer actively working with you and in some cases actively working against you. You don't necessarily want that on your YouTube channel. Which kind of brings us to box office. Um, we're moving, trying to move with the times. I've always dragged my feet a little bit. If I could run the business off a CFAX page, I probably would. Um, but uh, we've had the website for a number of years now and I've somewhat got to grips with social media so I thought we'd better jump on the on-demand bandwagon 
and we've put all our DVDs up on w3lboxoffice.com and um, you know some cracking ones up there that's uh, featuring all these big names that we're, we're talking about. I think Clash of the Titans in particular, like pretty much every match features somebody that... Um, yeah, it's a DVD on. that I own. Again, I bought it at that show in 2012, so I, I have it. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's so many so many folk that are now NXT UK, WWE, um, like your Finn Balor. He's, he's, he's doing quite well for himself as NXT champion at, at time of, of record, so um, it's quite amazing. He's still... I, d- I don't know how, but he's, he's somehow amazing, but somehow nowadays better. It's just doesn't make sense but yeah there's there's quite a lot of uh names like your your killian dane as well on on that show my uh, favorite line i remember from uh from commentary um is alan grogan uh, who's providing color for that that event saying uh look at look at devitt he's never had a greg's in his life as the camera showed fergal's like chiseled abs <laughs> never had a greg's in his life Alan Grogan, it was it's been a while since I watched that show, admittedly, but I just remember Alan Grogan was just line out. He was he was very Bobby Heenan on that yeah. show. He was just hitting every line out of the park, um, and not only that, you you got to see some more familiar faces just just working the crew as well. So it, it's really quite a, a nice little time capsule of, of future and uh, of WWE stars and and also. Uh, you've you've got Jayla Dark in a in a sort of toga, toga. type thing up yeah. at the, the entrance set. Yeah, um, I I thought at first that we could have done that as an annual thing and just had a different theme every year. So like the next year could have been under the sea and we were all like we had them dressed as mermaids and stuff. But uh, no, it didn't 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 catch on. We we left it as one. Maybe a medieval theme could have could have worked. We could have had some fun with that. Um, but yeah, there's all these all these big DVDs that are out there. They're now on W3Lboxoffice.com, and we're going to be releasing. We we did a, a poll quite a while ago, and there's been a big delay in us finishing up with this because we were waiting to launch Box Office. We wanted to tie it in. So, as of I don't know when this is going to be coming out, but we're recording on a what day of the week is this? Tuesday. It's, yeah. And on Wednesday night, so it's probably already there by the time this 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 interview airs. On Wednesday night on the W3L network, we are going to have um, the best of uh, so W3L DVD highlights fans' choice the first week of it, and this was voted for on W3L social media, and it will be the cl- from the Clash of the Titans the first one. So it gives people a taste of what our DVDs look like. This isn't showdown. This isn't from one angle. Um, we, we do that many shows, we can't film them all from two angles when we're not getting a sort of revenue in return from it. So without a, a television revenue or, or a need for people that want to buy all these DVDs, we can't edit everything together in two fancy angles. And, and that's why Showdown's a one-camera a, a one shoot. But on the box office channel, that's where we're going to have our content where we have got better production we've got the two camera angles linked in we've got replays that kind of thing um, and it's a more sort of full presentation and you'll be able to watch a match for free as voted for by the fans for free on the w3l network starting this wednesday with one from clash of the titans 
and every Wednesday moving forward. I think there was five or six polls that have gone up, so there'll be a good bit of content going on YouTube, w3lnetwork.com for that channel. And if you like what you see, you can go to w3lboxoffice.com and buy the full DVD on uh, digital download. Obviously, you've still got the option of being old school like me. I like things in the case. I like my CD albums. I like to buy them and see them there. You can go to w3lwrestling.com and still buy the DVDs. And they come with like extras and stuff that you don't get on the digital downloads as well. So there's still a, there's still a cause there for DVDs. We're not abandoning that. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I, I don't buy them as often as, as I possibly should, but yeah, I, I like having DVDs. I just like I like like organizing them and all that kind of nerdy stuff. You can touch it, put it on the shelf. Exactly. I could. I mean, eventually, get it if, signed. If, maybe if this continues, I'm going to have to possibly start making this look like an actual studio. Uh, the moment it's just my den. I've got laundry over there, and uh, it, it's. I'm going to have to like DVDs up in the background. We have to pick and choose which ones can go up, of course, because I've got some that definitely can go up. Uh, of wrestling, I should really uh, stipulate that. Uh, let's wrestling talk more DVDs. About this, Billy. What are these DVDs? <laughs> um, we may have to talk about it after after recording, but yeah, there's there's some that just can't go up on up, up behind me in a shelf anyway. Um, yeah, so it's 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 definitely. I don't think DVDs will like totally go away because there will be still people that are old school and there'll be there'll be kids going. I want to. I want to get that. I want to get that DVD and and all that. Um, so back to ones you can actually put onto the network. This is kind of not kind of an FU, but it's like, oh, uh, if you're gonna have to, if if we have to put a match out with someone that shouldn't shouldn't actually have out there, it's like at least you're getting the benefit of it, kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like someone who's who maybe is actively working against you. I say, let's say. Like at least you're getting paid for them. To yeah, be on. you're not advertising them either. They're, yeah, they're... that's what I mean. That, that's a well, that's a much better way to put it. <laughs> so yeah, so you can at least put it out there, but you don't have to go. Oh, you're going to see so and so. Yeah, things like you'll notice like DVD covers and uh, as well. I mean, I I just wish everybody got along and there there wasn't these sort of kind of backstabbing incidents and disagreements and and whatnot but that's that's unfortunately it's just not the case so yeah and um, we have to pick and choose which matches we put on on youtube sorry my chair's awfully squeaky i think it needs some i, I can't hear it so it's fine well i can't anyway i don't know if anyone else can um but yeah you like dvd covers and stuff you don't want somebody that's that's uh, trying to take money out of your pocket on the front of your dvd and advertising their face it just mm. it doesn't doesn't make sense it's the fun side of, of uh, professional wrestling, not just Scottish wrestling, but wrestling in general is the is the politic bit of it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sigh. Um, on the subject of the DVDs, by the end of, in, in conjunction with the DVD highlights, uh, Fans' Choice show, every week we're also going to be releasing a new DVD for box office. So, by the end of the next six weeks, two months, our DVD catalogue for recent events will be bang up to date. We fell horrifically behind it to the point that it was just there was no light at the end of the tunnel for us catching up on editing these together and getting them produced and getting them out. So whilst 
the uh, the lockdown and the COVID related restrictions have been horrific and just stopped us being on the road, stopped us training, stopped us doing what we we want, what we love to do, and what what, what the fans love to see us doing. Um, it's also given us a chance to catch up with a lot of things, and not only have we launched box office, but we now have um, five new titles that have been edited. They're ready, everything's done, and they're going to be drip-fed onto the box office channel over the next few weeks, which will bring our box office channel completely up to date. And we then, of course, have got a 17-year archive, many of which have got potential two-camera edits that we can add on as um, sort of classic collection features um, in the future. But we're definitely going to be bang up to date within the next few weeks with our video catalogue. So it'll be things like your, your Seven Deadly Sins, your Resolutions, um, yeah. your, your bigger shows, um, certainly. Um, the, the ones that weren't, the, if they were on, there came a point where I, I made the call, like, we can't just keep filming everything with two video, two, two angles and putting it in this queue. So that's when our events started going on on the YouTube W3L Network channel. Um, but Resolution didn't go up. Um or at least I think maybe one of them did. Um, so those events that didn't go up are because we filmed them from two, for, with with two angles, and we were gonna we were gonna release them on DVD. So if they if there's stuff missing that's not on the W3L network, it will be available on box office soon. Excellent. Um, so unfortunately, due to the situation at the moment, there is no light at the end of the tunnel uh, for for shows restarting. Um, I know that, that your most recent tours, the ones that were supposed to be middle of the year, have been rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled. Um, I suppose it's it's not, I mean, of course, it's revenue and, and getting money in into W3L and what have you, uh, but at least it, you don't have to stop start storylines because you've got that, that wrestling showdowns kind of condensed story within the show uh, kind of thing, um, but it's just a case of actually returning. So, and we had some exciting stuff planned for the events that were going to take place in April and May, um, you know, and hopefully we'll be able to pick that up again soon. It's just a matter of waiting until the government say it's safe for indoor events. That might happen down in England before it happens up in Scotland. Um, but even then, we've got to take things into account, like, is it, if they do open up, the one option is we may start back down in England before Scotland, if that's that's the way it, it works out. Um, but that's only if it if it makes financial sense for us to do that, because we don't have as many venues down there, and we would have to then start all our outgoings in terms of, you know, we're we're, we're currently not paying bills for things like public liability insurance for events that aren't happening but once that starts again that payment starts so we have to be ready to go with enough events to justify us dusting off the kind of mothball that we've, we've turned ourselves into to survive this and getting back on the back on the road so as soon as they say it's safe to do so and as soon as it's financially feasible for everything to to kick back off again it it will um, and in the meantime, we will keep rescheduling the events that our fans have held on to their tickets for so that um, they know when provisionally those events will take place. At least uh, in that 17 years that you've been touring, um, you, you have 
went down south. So at least, like, I say, when it is safe and what have you, you do have um, like the Oosburn uh, in Newcastle uh, yeah. and other places. You, you do have venues that you go regularly to. So it's not like a, it, oh, the wrestling's starting again. We're just going to pile into this town and at least you've got kind of like a, a history with it. Um, I have taken up so much of your time this evening, so we're, we're going to kind of wrap up. Um, so we've got the W3Lboxoffice.com, we've got W3Lnetwork.com. We also put the Wrestling Showdown matches on the SWN website each week. Uh, just to That's very much appreciated. Thank a couple you. hits in there. Um, also, there's some classic matches for, that, again, that I've I've been able to witness. I always get excited when I see that it's an Elgin one because usually I see the back of my head because uh, I usually go the the side where the, the camera we've, is. And we've wound the clock right back now. I think it'll be a while until you'll get Elgin again on uh, on Rewind because we ended up going right back to 06. So yeah, we'll be well for the Elgin, but yeah, the, there's still a humongous back catalogue already on the net, on the W3L network. Um, just from yourself personally, just because we, we, we spoke so much about WTL. Um, I, I had my my lines here. I've got um, who 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 be your wrestling heroes? Oh, um, I, I like that you've you've put heroes because um, it's always a, a difficult one when it's just one. Um, I was largely influenced by Shawn Michaels growing up. Um, there's just something about everything that he did. And watching his matches now, I do think he's he, he's probably the greatest all-round performer of, of all time. Um, I was very also very influenced by Jake Roberts, um, spending time with him, and he, he has um, personally influenced a lot of the way I think and process wrestling. Um, so uh, th those two certainly... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say those two. There's, I mean, obviously there's a, a short list of others as well that I, I admire and look up to um, but those two spring to mind um, and other ones would be if you had your, your pick of opponents who would be your dream opponent dream opponent um, you know, I would have loved to have worked with Jake to have, a, have a, had a chance to actually have a match with him excellent so yeah I think that's, that's everything so uh, again before we go plug your social media, uh, plug Action Arcade, just everything. Where can people find W3L and yourself? Um, W3Lwrestling.com is kind of like our hub for everything, the social media and all, all that good stuff, sort of links off there. And um, We're W3L Wrestling on Facebook, W3L Wrestling on Twitter, W3L Wrestling on Instagram. And then we've got our two video platforms. We have got W3Lnetwork.com, which links to our free YouTube channel. And we have the brand new and shiny W3Lboxoffice.com, which is our video on demand service where you can purchase DVDs and other exciting stuff that we have in the, the pipeline coming up. Excellent. And uh, where can we find you? Oh, when I when I venture out on social media, I go through spurts. I've always thought I should do more on social media and I do it for a while and then I'll say something that, causes problems so I'll hide again if I can't can't be bothered with the stress at Mike Musso W3L on Twitter um, I don't have like a, a fan page but I, I'm Mike Musso on Facebook um, and I'll usually accept you on there um, 
if if I don't, it's probably because I've mistaken you from one of those sort of bot accounts, you know, where you you click on it and they're like WhatsApp sex group and stuff like stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't think that's where you're going to go with that, but yeah, that was going to be like just a creepy person. But no, no, yeah, I've, or, I've been yeah, added. Yeah, no, many. if you there's creepy people as well. Like you'll only get so many. Like if you keep if if you're weird, I might take you off it. Um, but I, I, I'm my Facebook's public anyway, so even if I take you off it, you can still see um, liberal use of the block button at times. Um, but yeah, find me on there, and I'll, I'll I'll probably accept you or identify you as a Russian bot, and um, and not in that case. Um, do I have anything else? I think that's it. I've got Instagram as well. No, no, no Snapchat. I don't, I, don't know why I, no. I don't know what else people have. I have Twitter, I have Instagram, and Facebook. That's it. I don't. I don't need anything One else. Of those Snap Talk things. <laughs> the Bebo. I had a Bebo. <laughs> I, uh, those were the days. Social media was simple. Exactly. You just had to get your three loves a day, and you put your 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 top sixteen friends in order of who's who's uh, not annoyed you that particular day. Um, or for so, some people who can ben benefit you the most at any particular time. <laughs> um, but, like yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah. So uh, as of recording, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, we, we are recording on Tuesday, but it is like it's like ten to eleven in the evening. So I think we both need to go to sleep. Uh, I certainly do. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for for agreeing to be on, and uh, hopefully um, everyone will be heading to box office before this goes out. But this will be a little bit of incentive for, for anyone who's on the fence at all. Yeah, get yourselves on that, that box office channel, get some DVDs consumed. Perfect. Thank Thanks for much. having us, Billy. No bother.